Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. This month, we are doing a theme of underrated live-action fairy tale films. We talk about some that we remember watching growing up, and some we've never seen before. Today, we will be talking about one of my favorite childhood films, and that is 2004's Ella Enchanted, starring the lovely Anne Hathaway, Hugh Dancy, Carrie Elwes, Minnie Driver, and Aidan McArdle. And with me virtually is my good friend, Christina. Hello, I'm back. (laughs) You're back for the fairy tale theme again. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sadly, you know, I I don't know. Not many people want to rewatch all these great movies with me. They're lost. (laughs) Or talk about them. Yeah. So uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with this film or haven't seen it since childhood, it's basically Cinderella without trying to be Cinderella. It's Cinderella with a feminist twist. The movie follows Ella Frell, played by Anne Hathaway, who is a spunky, independent, strong woman who was given the gift of obedience on the day of her birth by a fairy godmother named Lucinda. To Ella, this is a curse, and she is unable to live her life being commanded by everyone to do things she doesn't want to do, whether it's hopping up and down or stealing glass slippers. Once her stepsisters find out about the gift, they take advantage of Ella, knowing that she is unable to say no. Ella is fed up and decides to go on a journey to find Lucinda so she can take back the curse. On her journey, she meets an elf named Slannon, played by Aidan McArdle, and befriends and falls in love with the future king of Lamia, Prince Charmant, played by Hugh Dancy, who accompanies Ella on her journey to find Lucinda. While this is all occurring, we learn about Prince Charmant's evil uncle Edgar, who not only is a malevolent ruler, but will do anything to become king, even if that means killing his nephew. (laughs) (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. So, Christina, what do we think of Tommy O'Haver's Ella Enchanted? I think it's a fun movie. I like... I understand that it's, you know, I I wouldn't say it's the best Cinderella adaptation ever. And, you know, it's very much an early 2000s movie. But I just think it's silly and it's fun and I love Anne Hathaway. And I like it. I think it's silly. I like it because it doesn't try to take itself too seriously and it isn't trying to be a Cinderella adaption because it really isn't Cinderella's at all I mean she's not a timid meek little girl I mean she has this you know she has to be obedient that's the curse that's put on her but oh my gosh she is totally outspoken she doesn't want to do anything that anyone tells her to do yeah definitely it's like a Cinderella adaptation in the absolute loosest sense of the term and mm-hmm. that like she has evil step mother and stepsisters and mm-hmm. like ends up with the prince yeah <laughs> but other than that but it's not Cinderella at all there's no like I mean there is technically a strike of midnight which we can talk about later but it's not about oh, yeah. having to be home to uh, you know be back at home you know with a pumpkin and everything uh, and there's no um I mean, obviously her mother dies, but there's no big, you know, fairy godmother's very unhelpful in this. <laughs> she's not a very good fairy godmother. Oh, God, um, she's the worst. <laughs> she's the worst. I think she's even worse than the one for Julie Andrews, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's It's great because it, um, for me, watching this as a kid, uh, and it was funny because we were talking, I think it was the last episode, we were talking about role models or comedic actresses we really liked growing up and how... Um, yours was definitely, you know, Carol Burnett and, 
And I, d- I thought about this while I rewatched some of it again, and I thought, wow, Anne Hathaway is such a great comedic actress, and I loved her growing up. I mean, I still love her, but uh, seeing her as my role model as a kid, um, I think was great. Not just because we, you know, look similar with hair and <laughs> eyes, but but uh, she was definitely my role model growing up. Yeah, I think that like, I. Yeah, I don't know if I would say role model for me, but I definitely really loved Anne Hathaway as a kid. And, you know, part of that was, like, the princess thing, because I think growing up, like, the two actresses who I really, really loved as a kid were um, Anne Hathaway and Amy Adams after I watched Enchanted. <sighs> like, they yeah. were my favorites. And, and Anne Hathaway, like, she's so good in this, and she's so good in the Princess Diaries movies. I love mm-hmm. her. Yeah, I, I know. And The Princess Diaries, I love those movies too, but I definitely think that if someone was like, would you rather watch this or Princess Diaries, I always would choose Ella Enchanted. It just kind of was one of those movies that I would watch when I was sick to make me feel better. Like, I always love the adventure kind of movies. And this also has, like, a total Shrek feel to it. And, like, in okay, the fact it that it's, like, a yeah. contemporary, but it's medieval times. I don't know. <laughs> yes, oh my god. <laughs> I... This there's like a lot of jokes I feel like on the internet right now about like stuff that is camp or like campy and what is considered mm. like campy. This movie is absolute peak camp. Like it's so funny. Like I think the blend of having it like be set in medieval times but also still somehow have the costumes feel like early 2000s and like yeah. I always think of the scene when they're like on the wooden stairs that are an escalator escalator yeah I think that's so funny I love that and um the fact that there's like a medieval teen magazine um yes. and there's like the whole fan club for Prince Char and and how she and her friend are the only ones that are not part of the fan club and her sister or stepsister Hattie is the head of the fan club and, and the whole idea of, you know, well, the music, I mean, that's what makes me love it, is how I grew up knowing the Elton John song, somebody, uh, sorry, the Queen song, Somebody to Love, and the Elton John song, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, from <laughs> this movie. Like, I'm pretty sure I thought it was Anne Hathaway's songs. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. No, I love the song bits. I also, like, okay, oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, what did they pitch, like, Think of it. It's medieval times, and Cinderella is singing "Somebody to Love." <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> I was just gonna say that, like, another part that I really like about Anne Hathaway's character Ella, that I didn't really appreciate until I watched the movie when I was older, is like, there's a lot of movies nowadays that have you know strong women TM characters. And they're strong because, you know, they can fight and punch and kick and defend themselves. And, like, that's great. There's nothing wrong Mm. with that. But what I really liked about Ella is that, like, she's an activist. Like, she she sets up. Like, it's not just that, like, oh, she she doesn't like Prince Char because she's not like other girls. Like, she doesn't like Prince Char because she is against what his monarchy stands for. Like, she's, like, fighting for ogre rights. She's out here, like, advocating on behalf of Mm. elves. Like, she is a modern activist, and I love that for her. She is well-educated, and she, um, you know, only starts liking Prince Char once they share their knowledge with one another. Like, she's never caught up in 
his hunk status, as they seem to claim he has. I don't know. <laughs> they seem to well, say he's a skeptical. hunk in this movie. I never had a crush on this guy when I was growing up. It was always Michael Moskovich and, and Chris Pine for me. But um, yes. <laughs> those are the characters in Princess Diaries 1 and 2, if people do not know. Um, yeah, it's nice because she only starts actually loving him when they actually talk about other things than what he looks like when he's in the shower. It's funny how you say how this movie feels kind of dated now that it's, you know, it's 17 years old. But it also kind of surprises me of how modern it is and how, you know, what are we talking about? Like 11 years later, there's the big adaptation of Cinderella with Lily James and how this movie to me feels more modern to me just by how Cinderella is portrayed. I don't know if you feel similar, but I just think it's funny how we kind of went backwards. No, I totally agree. And I think it's kind of like when we were talking about um, like the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella adaptations. And we talked about how um, sometimes like these days, like Disney really likes to pat itself on the back with like how good the representation is. When it's like you could literally just keep making movies like your R&H Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston and stop, like, patting yourselves on the back for doing the bare minimum. Like, why, like, how were you so much better at this, like, 20 years ago? And I think it's the same with Ellen Enchanted is, like, with Lily James, I feel like they kind of tried to make her strong, like, they gave her, like, you know, some, like, strong lines of dialogue, and they had her meet the prince when she was out riding the horse, and it's like, yeah, that's cool, like, that's nice, but this is, like, a arguably like a better written female character and yeah i agree like i think that aesthetically the movie is like really early 2000s but character wise (laughs) i think it's aged really well i think why this is probably one of my favorite cinderella versions is because there is nothing or there's no such thing as love at first sight in this movie Mm -hmm. like she doesn't look at isn't like the 10 minutes ago song or anything like that she despises him (laughs) She is not into this guy. She even says, like, something along the lines of, I don't want your chivalry. And he's taken aback by this because all the girls are just, like, ogling over him. Mm-hmm. And I really like that, too, because she there is no, like, oh, my God, it's the prince kind of thing with her. She knows what she wants to do. Her mind is set. And I, I probably have talked about this before. I don't know if you saw the movie um, Enola Holmes, but this kind of goes back to what you were saying before with the whole girl power influence but have you seen that movie i actually haven't seen it yet i'm sorry okay i i don't recommend watching it i i didn't enjoy it but maybe you would like it and the reason why i didn't enjoy it and i and i went into it thinking oh this is gonna be like the kind of movies i grew up with like ella enchanted where she's strong and feisty and she has her own mind and all that stuff and then but it's not like, how do I explain? Like, Ella Enchanted, it's not in your face when it's happening. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't need to say, I am an activist, I don't need a prince. So I swear that in one of the lines, um, Millie Bobby Brown, who is Enola Holmes, she says something like, around the lines, I'm a feminist, I don't need a man. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, she's like 14 years old. Like, chill, girl. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, when I'm like, when I'm like six years old watching this movie, if I was six at this time, I don't know if I would, that would like be so influential to me more as actually seeing her do something that is like a feminist or like doing something where in the end she does end up with 
a prince, you know what I mean? Or mm. or she doesn't have to explain it to the viewers in yeah. order to be the hero of the story. I don't I don't know yeah. if I'm explaining no, no, that no, totally I right. Like, but I completely agree. I think that it is way more impactful to show these characters who are really well developed and they're like they can take care of themselves, but they can also be smart and they can be desirable by men and they can embody like all of these things and show them mm. without having to be like, hello, fellow women, I am a woman and I need yeah. no man and then not really doing anything to prove that. Like you can't, you can't yeah. just say that and say that you've written a feminist movie. Your character actually has to be well developed. <laughs> yeah, and... and- and at eight years old, when I watched Ella Enchanted, I knew Ella was the hero of the story, not Prince Char, without, you know, someone having mm-hmm. to tell me that. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think Anne Hathaway really changed the narrative of young women's stories. Um, with Princess Diaries, Princess Diaries 2. But Princess Diaries and Ella Enchanted, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, because even, even Devil Wears Prada, I mean, she had a lot of influence in the early 2000s, and I definitely respect her for that. I... I kind of want her to be in more movies now, but I haven't yeah, I seen her in stuff for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I think she's being like a mom now, which is hey, nice. good for her. I, it's actually <laughs> funny because I was trying to think about what the most recent Anne Hathaway movie was I saw, and this is like a weird deep cut, and I don't even remember exactly when this movie came out, but like at some point mm-hmm. between the ages of like 12 and 15, um, I remember my mom and I going to watch the movie The Intern, with Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro. Oh. I don't know if you ever saw that one. No. I don't think it did, like, super well or, like, you know, had a bunch of awards or anything. But I remember my mom and I really liking it. And in that movie, Anne Hathaway, basically, she... Long story short, Anne Hathaway plays a woman who runs her own business. And her husband is a stay-at-home oh. dad. And Robert De Niro is an old man who she hires to be her intern. Um, when he like <laughs> is looking for a job after his wife has died and so it's like this fun role reversal of like this young you know powerful woman who is also a mom as the boss and Robert De Niro as this like really old man as her intern and it's and I really oh, like it I think it's a really well done movie and it's another movie where I remember watching that as a like young-ish teenager whenever that movie came out and loving Anne Hathaway in that movie I thought her character was so good yeah that's cool. And and while you're talking about that, I definitely want to check that movie out now. But um, I really liked her also when I was younger in the movie with um, James McAvoy where she plays Jane Austen. And I think that's a couple years, like, not like 2015 like you're talking about, but like a couple years after Ella Enchanted. I think it was before her Oscar win for Les Mis. Anyways, I thought she was great as Jane Austen. Again, changing the narrative. Mm. Um, and she's like playing an English woman, which, like, great acting chops for her. I think she's really underrated, but I anyway. I mean, she's un... I, I, she won an Oscar, so she can't be that underrated, but at the same time, I feel like nobody ever talks about how great of an actress she is. Yeah, but, I feel like I she... Know. Yeah, I feel like she's not, like, as culturally relevant now as she was, which is sad because she's cool. And I will say, not yeah. to, like, jump the gun on your, you know, talking about Princess Diaries, but, like, I remember... Yeah. As a kid, I have, like, a very strong core memory of watching The Princess Diaries 2 over and over again and loving the scene where she's in the parade and she stops in front of the orphanage and she gets the little girl to, like, join her up in the car and they (laughs) wave at the audience and it's, like, so cute. Like, she plays a lot of characters who are really good role models. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know, 
She does. Yeah, I hope she, I think she'll continue that. And I'm definitely going to show If I Have Children her movies because they're great. And she also, I think what I like about her in her movies, well, I guess besides Devil Wears Prada, but (laughs) she's not a follower. Mm -hmm. She has her own mind. She doesn't need people to, like, she's not in this fan club. Going back to Ellen Chandler. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, it's okay. But even, like, in her other ones, um, she's always kind of unique, but she still looks, like, without her frizzy hair, she's still, like, really unique Mm -hmm. in Princess Diaries and those other those other roles as well, which is, and she's always wanting to accomplish something. And I think that's why I always really liked her over, um, the Disney stars that everyone loved, like yeah. Hilary Duff and Lindsay Lohan and how everyone's role models when we were kids were pretty much the mean girls characters, which I still don't understand why that would be anybody's role models, but <laughs> apparently they were very popular. Um, yeah, I just, I never, never connected with those girls. Mm. No. Also, if anyone wants to check out, there is a Hillary Duff Cinderella version, but oh, I, I was never like a big movie. fan of that one. <laughs> I don't like that movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I never, I always thought it was really dumb. <laughs> no, there's like, there's so many but, like terrible Cinderella adaptations out there. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of bad ones. And I think Ellen I think Chandon, there's one with Selena. There is. Gomez. That one's like slightly better than it. the Hillary Duff one, but it's still not great. Okay. Um, I think, and Ella Enchanted, because it's also based on a book, isn't it? Yes, it's based off of a book, and I didn't know this, but it's based off of a book by, I wrote it down somewhere, where did I write it down? Damn it. Uh, Gail Carson Levine, which I've never read the book. I feel like I should one day, just out of curiosity. Maybe I'll audiobook it. <laughs> Apparently, I, I heard it, because I just watched like two interviews for this movie before, um, we did this, and apparently she read the book when she was 16, Anne Hathaway, Aww. and she really liked the book, and awesome. so when the role, and, and uh, I was kind of sad because there wasn't any uh, casting what-ifs, because sometimes that's really fun to, like, find out about, but she was actually, like, given the script when she was around the time of Princess Diaries, and they were like, you're going to be in this movie, which is super cool since she wasn't in anything really before that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so there wasn't any, like, ooh, can you imagine if she was in that role? So I'm really happy about that, because I can only see uh, Anne Hathaway in that role. Oh, yeah, definitely. I wanted to just talk about the opening scene, because I think you watched Monty Python. Oh, I yeah. Think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> Eric Idle is the narrator of this uh, movie, and he's, like, the first person you see, which is really hilarious. Oh, my God, I always forget about that. <laughs> I just love how, you know, you have, like, the 2000 special effects and how you're zooming in on the land of Frel. Um, That's where Ella lives. Ella of Frel. I don't know why that's her last name. But anyways, it's her kingdom. Or the kingdom uh, Prince Charmant rules. Or Edgar rules. And uh, it's just a really neat way to see the town and then see how, like, modern everything is inside while it still looks medieval. I just think that that's always a great opening. I, oh yeah, I think that's also. Really um, also, I wanted to just talk about how interesting it is that um, after Ella's mom dies, the aunt just hangs around all the time. Because <laughs> I think she's the mom's sister, if I'm quite sure. Minnie Driver's character. Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, 
I just think it's because, like, the stepmother treats her horribly. Like, in one time she even, like, hits her. Yeah. And I'm always like, why do you live here? Yeah, oh my god, no, she's awful. <laughs> um, yeah, what did you think of Prince Charmant? I think, you know, he's sweet. I also never was, like, super into him as a kid. I wasn't like, whoa, what a hunk. Um, like I was with Chris Pine <laughs> and Princess Stories too. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I was never, like, super into him. But I thought he was sweet. Like, I think that, hmm. you know, he, he like, learns. I think he has, like, good character growth over the movie. But he's also, it's not like Ella, like, quote-unquote fixes him. Like, he's already, he's a nice guy. He's a sweet boy. You yeah. know, he's got a good heart. And I think he's yeah, well he's, acted, uh, yeah. like, for the character. I think the actor does a good job. Yeah, I thought, I, I've never seen him in anything else um, but I thought they had really good chemistry together, mm-hmm. and I thought he was perfect with her because he wasn't like this literal Prince Charming person where he's, like, slick, you know, greased back hair mm-hmm. and, like, abs or whatever, and he just kind of looks like someone Anne Hathaway would date. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It just yeah, kind yeah. of works, and also he doesn't want to change who she is, and, and you know, there isn't, like, the setup problem, whereas in the other Cinderella versions where she doesn't want to tell him her name. Mm. Also, I found that SNL clip, which is really funny. <laughs> I watched it after we talked about it. <laughs> but, so there isn't that problem, but she doesn't want to reveal to him uh, the curse that she has. So when they're going on the journey, she doesn't tell him that she wants to find the fairy godmother to take back the curse. So he doesn't know that she is the obedience curse. Um, but... I find that they're really honest with one another. They both have the same trauma with losing parents. Also, yeah. I forgot that her dad isn't dead in this, which is, yeah. I kind of wish he was, because he does nothing in this movie to support his daughter. Yeah, he just, like, <laughs> goofs off. And I think it's weird, because, forgive me if I'm mistaken, but at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> he seems like a pretty good dad. Like, he's a nice guy. He's around. You know, he's good to his yeah. kid. And then it's like she gets older than 12 and he's like, ah, do what you want, kid. I don't care. <laughs> he doesn't even know that she has the gift. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. It's kind of cool, though, that everybody has a gift from a fairy godmother. I like that. But I, I also like would have liked to know what Hattie and Olive's, those are the steps of sisters, what their gift was. Stupidity. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. I've never thought about that before <laughs> now that you've just said it. But I would love to, like get more lore about these gifts from fairy godmothers and like how do they work like because clearly there are a bunch of different fairy godmothers and like does every kid get one is it only like quote-unquote special kids like how do they yeah you know like how do competent fairy godmothers give gifts because clearly ella is stuck with the Mm -hmm. incompetent one but like you know, if a competent fairy godmother were to, like, give my child a gift in this universe, like, would it just be something, like, small and cute? Would it be like, ah, here's a magic teddy bear or whatever? I don't know. Like, how does yeah. it work? <laughs> what are the rules? And how do you... <laughs> and you just get the random, like, the fairy godmothers know when a baby is born. It's like, here, Ella gets the demented one. Yeah, like, it's how a, do you know? It's like a really, like, weird <laughs> tooth fairy... But, like, instead of knowing when you lose a tooth, they know when you give birth. (laughs) I also want to just talk about how great Anne Hathaway's body language is in this movie when you know she, like, when somebody says something that she has to do, like, 
Ella, hold your tongue. And, like, her back literally straightens. I love that. Because then, as a kid, you know, you pick up on that more than you pick up what someone just said to her. So you know when she's being um, obedient. And I really love that because it just adds more to knowing when somebody is putting a command on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also, I really like how... um, uh, they make it so that characters actually figure out that she has this, like, weird gift because mm. I always think it's, like, so unbelievable in movies where, like, a character has a special power, a special ability, and nobody else figures it out. I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, it's so... Yeah. Like, I, I think that the way that they have characters figure out her gift and, like, realize it, I think is well done. Yeah, because Hattie realizes it right away and then she humiliates her by saying... Um, she can't hang out with her friend anymore, which is so sad because her friend is so nice. Oh, that's so... I hate it. I skipped it today. That scene is so heartbreaking. <laughs> that scene actually makes me so sad. I had to <laughs> skip it because it just makes me really, really sad. Her acting is so good and I feel so bad for her friend. I forgot her name now, but because um, she's such a good friend. I mean, friend. she's not in much of the movie. No. And, um, you know, makes her like steal... Gl- I love like the innuendos to Cinderella, like the the glass slippers she steals and then the pumpkin that well we should probably talk about how um so ella lives with her aunt in the house with the step siblings and the stepmother and um her aunt and i don't know why she doesn't talk about this with ella beforehand but her aunt has a boyfriend and she i think she kind of has powers uh her character's name is mandy yes Played by Minnie Yeah, Jordan. she accidentally is, like, practicing spells yeah. one night, and she turns her boyfriend yeah. into a into book. Into a book. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I love him. And she brings out this book because she wants to tell Ella, his name's Benny, um, that she wants him to help her find Lucinda. And, like, he can't tell you where people are, if I'm quite sure, but he can show you where they are. I think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. why have you never done this like she brought this book out to Ella before so she doesn't have to have this curse but whatever the costumes are also like they're way better than you know they're up a bit from the the brandy Cinderella costumes like I like the costumes but they're also still kind of like this is a movie it's silly oh, costume yeah. they're very like when I showed this to to Hannah she was like, how did they make costumes that are, like, medieval and yet look so much like 2000s fashion? Like, I yeah. think I love the costumes because I think they're so ridiculous. Like, I'm like, why Why does this look like something that you could get in, like, the princess section of, like, Hot Topic? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, especially Olive and Hattie's. I love how Olive and Hattie's dresses are always... Olive's is always purple and Hattie's is always orange. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that was a decision made, but I love I it. I will say, okay, one of my favorite parts, um, one of my favorite scenes in this movie, I have a lot of scenes that I like in this movie, um, is my, like, big thing with Cinderella adaptations is how the Cinderella character, like, treats the mom and the stepmoms. And my least favorite adaptations mm. are the one where Cinderella forgives them because I think that's absolute nonsense. Like, literally, the, Lily James says, "I, I hate." That's my you. least favorite part of that movie. It <laughs> makes me so angry. And I love um, when Hannah showed me Ever After for the first time. That's like my favorite Cinderella adaptation of all time. 
partially because like the stepmom and the stepsister get like a proper comeuppance, which I think doesn't happen enough. Mm. And so I really like mm. that in this one, there's none of this like messing around with I forgive you, I'm gonna say goodbye. No, no, no. Ella leaves in the middle of the night and she leaves them with poison ivy. She's like, yeah. poison ivy. I'm out of here. She doesn't wait for a <laughs> prince to take her away. She just leaves. Because yes. any of the Cinderella could leave at any point, and Ella from Ella Enchanted is the only one who's like, okay, screw this, bye. <laughs> Even over Drew Barrymore's yeah. uh, character. And it's like, she doesn't need a fairy godmother to say, okay, you can get out of your little corner mm-hmm. now and leave. She just, she just leaves. Out. And I think that's why I, I do, I have to rewatch Ever After, but I definitely watched Ever After when I was a bit older because I was scared of it a little bit. It just was, it's a very darker kind of movie Mm. um and so I probably would say this is my favorite adaption just because it was it was just perfect for the time that I was a kid um anyway I just want to say that's a great thing to point out because she leaves when she wants to leave and she you know makes her own decisions and the funny thing is she does make her own decisions even though she is unable to make a lot of decisions yeah. due to her obedience spell. It's interesting how there's a bit of a balance mm-hmm. there. She really tries to like make decisions for herself where she can, and I think it's really good. And also like just having the stepmom and stepsisters coming in poison ivy, like it's funny and they deserve it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. And the stepmother is so vain and gets like a facelift and it kind of reminds me of Snow White as well because she's always like worried about her appearance, the evil queen in Mm. Snow White. And this woman is very much like that too, which is really interesting. Also, I wanted to just point out how like sad, how typecast she is, but I think the girl that plays Hattie in this is also a stepsister in Into the Woods. Yes, she is. She absolutely is. I think she's been the stepsister in three Cinderella adaptations. I don't remember... Are you yeah, serious? I don't remember what the third one is. <laughs> oh I need to Google it. It might be like the Hillary Duff or Selena Gomez one, but I know she's been a stepsister in three different Cinderella stories. I think that's oh hilarious. Can you imagine like your agent being like, guess what I got for you today? I got you another stepsister role. She's probably like, yay. <laughs> I mean, she's had consistent work. And she'll be doing it until she's like 40. She's had consistent work over the <laughs> yeah, past like, 20 years. So, you know, she's got that going for her. Um, let's talk about, uh, is he king? I don't even know. Is, is Uncle Edgar yeah, king? Yeah, because he's, he's, he's king kind of. until Prince Char is old enough to take over as king. He's, like, temporary king. Yes. And also, while this is happening, it's, like, two days before the prince's coronation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything is very much that We're week. We're tight <laughs> timeline. We don't have time to screw around. Yeah. <laughs> Um, before, I know I just asked you what you thought of him, but I just want to talk about how I also didn't find that, why I also like the prince in this movie is I don't find him being pushy and that their relationship feels rushed, even though they only really knew each other for like two or three days Mm. or whatever that journey took. It doesn't feel like it's like, oh my God, he's already asking her to marry her, uh, him. Like it doesn't feel rushed. Yeah. Well, I mean, we also don't know. We don't know how much of a time difference there is between like when the action mm. of the movie is and when they get married. So like, you know, in my head, yeah. maybe they date for like a year yeah. before they get married. I don't know. <laughs> we have no way of knowing for sure. They could have been seeing each other for any amount of time before that wedding. Yeah. But even like when he proposes to her in like the Hall of Mirrors, I never find it like being like rushed. I don't mm. know. It just feels normal to me. Feels well, modern it, day contemporary. It makes a lot more sense than, you know, like the Cinderella cartoon 
where it's like, wow, he never great speaks. dance, time to get married. <laughs> he doesn't even have one line in that movie. <laughs> Except for, <laughs> to say where that's are you like going? A, a masterpiece of an animated film, but the story is not very good. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but back to uh, Carrie Elwes. I, I hope, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I think it's Elwes. What did you think of uh, Edgar? Oh, I thought he was good. I will say, we t- I don't remember when you told me this fun fact, um, just like when we were chatting for fun, but it absolutely <laughs> blew my mind that the guy who played Edgar played the like main love interest in The Princess Bride. Yeah, the hero. That's so yeah. cursed. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good looking in The Princess Bride. He's so good looking in The Princess Bride. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Not so much after 2004. Well, and I mean, also, like, his... Okay, do you know who he reminds me of? This is, like, a weird comparison. But the role mm. of, like, King Edgar in this movie always reminded me a lot of King Louis in the animated Robin Hood. Oh, yeah, because of the snake. Yeah, because of the snake and because they're both, like, interim kings until, mm. like, the real king arrives. And I feel like they're really similar characteristically in that they're, like, evil, but also, like, they're stupid. Like, they're silly and stupid. Yeah. And they're, like... Like, his... He looks so much like a cartoon villain with his, like, stupid mustache and his evil snake. And the ridiculous <laughs> costume with, like, all the, like, fancy brooches on him and everything. Yeah. Like, it looks like something you'd wear for Halloween, but it oh, also yeah. works. I, I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, he was the prince. Also, I love that Robin Hood animated film. That's one of my favorite Disney movies. Me too. Um, I think it's just called Robin Hood. But also, I don't know, I think you're a Mel Brooks fan. I don't know if I saw Princess Bride first because I was a bit scared. But I love Robin Hood Men in Tights. And he's Robin Hood, Carrie Elwes in that. And I love that movie, if you've seen it. Highly recommend. I actually haven't seen that one yet. It's one of the female Brooks movies I haven't seen, so I need to. I think I've seen clips of it. I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. Yeah, I love um, the little John in it. It's it's just it's just such a good movie. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, he's good in that too. So maybe he wanted to like get a different range and play an evil character for a change. I don't know. <laughs> Playing he does too well many heroes. With it. Like he does. He does well with the like absolutely goofy material. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, because he's like evil, but it's kind of like a Disney character evil where they're silly. And this reminded me. Like yeah. he reminds me so much of like Scar from The Lion King because he literally. Yeah. We find out later. Spoilers that he killed um, Char's. <laughs> father who was king and char always thinks it's from the ogres that that killed him and ate him so he always blames the ogres and we can talk about the awful discrimination that occurs in this movie towards different groups of um characters which again is very similar to shrek but moving on yeah um what was i just saying oh how it's so much like the lion king because he wants to kill his nephew too yeah yeah i, I don't yeah, know no, i just kind of thought about you're time. right and how she like yeah, it's almost it's Sorry. almost like a Hamlet story, but like not really, but kind of. Yeah, and even how she's like constantly says to or Ella constantly says to Char, I think you're going to be a really great king someday. Like those kinds of things were definitely being said by Nala to Simba as well, which is well when she finds out yeah. that he is the prince. But anyway. <laughs> um yeah, let's talk about the discrimination toward the elves, ogres, and giants. 
yeah, this country is racist, <laughs> wherever Frell is. It's really... <laughs> These, like, awful, um, like, they're, they're so awful to people or to the groups that are, like, different from, I don't know, regular humans. And, and um, Ella just totally connects with them because she feels different, too. But, like, the fact yeah. that they have to do cruel labor in order to, you know, survive in the country. Like, when King, or when Prince Char's father was uh, king, the ogres and the elves and the, um, who was the other one? Uh, the giants, they all lived equally to one another. And then when Edgar became king, he basically made them do horrible work labor, and the elves are forced to, like, constantly entertain and sing and dance. They can't do anything else. And Slandon really wants to be a lawyer, kind of like Rudolph, when mm-hmm. um, the little guy in Rudolph wants to be a dentist. <laughs> he just wants to be a dentist. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I was, like... It's funny, because obviously, like... You know, the fact that all the elves are forced to be performers, like, is absurd, and it's very silly. Mm. But it's also, like, I don't know, I feel like it's a good, like, manage... Like, it's a, I feel like it's a clever way to teach children about, like, I don't know, not enforcing stereotypes on mm. people, because it's, you know... I feel like it's a really, like, easy, light, manageable way to start teaching your children about, like hey, just because somebody is part of this group doesn't mean that they all do this or act like this. Like, I don't know. I feel like, for as silly as it is, I think there's some heart, like, you mm. know, some important stuff behind it. Well, I think... That like, a big theme of this absolutely goofy 2000s movie is, like, don't be racist, which is, you know, it's nice. Yeah. And also, like, telling your kids you don't have to conform you don't have yeah. to be this type of person and or you don't have to be one of the girls that are in the fan club and like mm-hmm. be all over char you don't have to be um you know an elf that wants to sing and dance i don't think any of those elves by the way wanted to sing and dance even though they're really no. funny when they're singing like jeremiah johnson and <laughs> it's just such a funny movie it's so hard to explain but it's just it's really funny um but yes, yeah, Landon, I really like him. He's fun, and she meets him because him. he's getting um, basically attacked by the ogres. And also, the makeup for the ogres is so good. It's so, so gross. Good. I love it. And the main, um, I know you're not like never watched Down Abbey, but the main ogre in it was um, the butler in Downton Abbey, Carson. And he oh, just has really? such a great low voice and he's perfect for like, because he's really tall and big. So I, when I watch this, I always think, yeah, he's perfect for this role. <laughs> he's very good. It's funny. I'm thinking of like movies from around that. It's really interesting to me to see how, you know, makeup and CGI and effects hold up from different movies from around mm. the same time. Because I recently showed Hannah the first Narnia movie uh, for her, I think it was oh, her I first like, proper movie. watch of it. Me too, because I loved the Narnia books, so I like I always really liked um, at least the first and third Narnia movies. I wasn't a big Prince Caspian fan, but no, anyway, my point being that it's really funny with that movie because like the CGI in that movie, I think is superb mm. overall. Like it'll I think hold the CGI, up when we have kids. Oh yeah, it holds up. It holds up fantastically. Um, but some of the makeup and the, like, character design is so nasty. And really? I was thinking of, I think it's, like, the centaurs um, that, like, the makeup is just, like, 
the the creatures look less fantastical and more uh, just like gross. Really, <laughs> just, like, I haven't seen it for a while. Pleasant to look at. They are not pleasant to look at. I hate the centaurs in that movie. I think they're so gross. And so I think that like the ogre makeup is well done because they look gross, but they look gross and like a, oh okay, you look like this because you know you're evil, quote unquote, and you're ogres. Mm. But like from a makeup standpoint, it actually is like really good character design. And I think it's done really cleverly and I think yeah. it works really well. Whereas like some of the Narnia makeup, you're like, oh God, why? Well, it's, <laughs> why was this what they went with? <laughs> it's funny that we're finally now at a place where we can, being in this century for 20 years, where we can actually be like, remember when that was a thing? Or like in our generation, it makes me feel really weird. Because before it's, we'd always be so doing weird. it of like the late 80s when we were kids. And so now it's weird that we're at a place where we're judging movies we liked as a kid. Because to me, Narnia yeah. still seems like a new, like well, not a new movie, but it just seems like one of it the best recent. movies that was ever adapted from a book. And I still oh, believe yeah, it easy. definitely was. I never really was into the other two. And by the time I watched the third one, I was a bit older, I think. And I just, I couldn't get into it. Even though I always loved Lucy. I always really liked her. Yes, she's the best character. Another strong woman. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, and because I hated Edmund. I also had a big crush on um, the guy in that Narnia. Um, not Edmund. Peter? The other one. Yes. Yeah, he's cute. Huge crush on that guy. <laughs> <He's cute. laughs> Not by the third film then, I found him annoying. But in the first one, I thought he was really cute. But I will say, all this to say that like I am a really, really big fan of practical effects over CGI. And I think that even if you, I don't know, I, I can't think of anything specific off of the top of my head, but I don't know, like... If you look at some, like, fantasy movies or TV shows or whatever that have come out in the last, like, five years, I think that the having the, like, ogre makeup, which is very clearly, like, prosthetics and, like, actual practical makeup that they put on these people works a lot better than some of the, like, CGI ways they alter people's faces nowadays. I just think, like, practical effects yeah. hold up better. I totally, I totally agree with you. Also, I never usually like all the, you know, um, non-practical effects because it usually makes the movies more violent. Yes, I don't know, yeah. like, they always end up being, like, really, really violent. And I just, I mean, I always had to skip a lot of Narnia when I was little. Um, or, like, if they showed it in school, I would, like, walk away because I was I hated when Aslan died. Mm, but it wasn't because this, it, yeah, it wasn't because the special effects were, like, I mean, yes, it was that, but also it was just because of the evil freaking, like, queen. Mm -hmm. Like, ugh, mm -hmm. I hated her. I was, I, now that you reminds me, I was watching something a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't, like, a favorite, it was something, like, Legally Blonde, but it wasn't. It was the first time I had seen it uh, as an adult, and I remember, I felt like I was like, wow, this is really dated, and it was one of the first times where I had that feeling of something that was um, from the early 2000s, because I always think that, like, we haven't really, and we haven't really changed that much besides with like cell phones and technology compared to like when you think about the 1950s and the 1960s yeah, yeah, yeah. and how in like five years there was this huge like drastic difference between the decades and considerably we haven't changed that much from 2004 to now with like hairstyles and clothing. Mm -hmm. We've changed more with laptops and iPhones and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. TVs, I guess. But I think that's interesting too that we've kind of, 
evolved in that we're not really changing our physical appearances and more what we have to make our lives easier as well. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. I haven't thought of that. I can't remember the movie it was, but it was something like, um, oh, I think it was, um, oh, I watched Once Upon a Mattress, the oh, newer one from 2005. That. And I actually really enjoyed it, but I remember watching it and I was like, wow, this is like very 2000s-y's. And I was like, if you call it that, I don't know, 2000s-y's. <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but I was like, the first time I had that realization, maybe it was because I had, I didn't watch it as a kid and I'm seeing it from this perspective as well, whereas like Ella Enchanted, I've just always adored. So yeah. I, I don't tend to criticize it because it's just something I always watched yeah um same with enchanted as well i don't find that that movie d- is dated but if we ever do it for this theme let um, me tell you i've I- watched I think that, that movie enchanted. quite frequently growing up and it still holds up yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay good because i have two and i just was like oh no what if you think it's dated no, but I I- i've never found it dated <laughs> as well uh same as night at the museum i never found that those dated as anyway Anyway, <laughs> yeah, is there any part you really want to talk about that you Is it okay was... if I talk about, like, the ending? Yeah, sort yeah. Sort of, like the climax? Because mm-hmm. I did want to say, it's really funny because um, when you talked about how you had to, like, fast-forward Narnia, I don't think I even watched Narnia until I was, like, older than 10 because I always thought it'd be too scary. So I definitely watched it when I was older. Um, and with Ella Enchanted, I don't think I watched that movie, like, properly from beginning to end until I was older because I always had to either close my eyes or leave the room during the scene where Ella almost stabs Prince Char, like where she's Uh. supposed to stab him. That scene terrified me when I was a little kid. I saw all the rest of the movie, but that scene specifically, I always had to leave (laughs) and then come back or like close my eyes or fast forward or something because I could not watch that. In my my opinion, it was the scene where she has to break up with her friend. <laughs> but actually, no, now that th- makes me sad now. <laughs> it didn't make me as sad as a kid. But now I watch that and I'm like, no. <laughs> now that we're talking about it, I think I did definitely watch Narnia before 10. But I think I might have seen Ella Enchanted before Princess Diaries, which is interesting because... I mean, it's probably because I've always found that Ellen Chanted is always on TV. Like, always yes, on TV. it was on YTV, like, every oh, month, yeah. it like, felt like. Every two Sundays, it was always... And I'd always watch it, because I really liked the movie. But yeah, Princess Diaries, it, like, every time. never on TV. Never. Um, well, it was because for the... Yeah. This is, like, a weird random side effect, but for a really long time, YTV couldn't show Disney movies. Very like, there true. there was a really, really select number of, like, Disney movies that YTV was able to show, and it wasn't until, like, at least the 2010s, if not later, that YTV actually became able to show Disney movies. Yeah. So I think that was why, like, Princess Diaries was never on any of the channels we watched, but Ella Enchanted was on YTV, like, yeah. all the time. It's funny, because, you know, I sometimes watched, like, the CBC, you know, nights, or, like, I did have the family channel. I never had the Disney channel, but I had the, you know, the, I don't even think that's a thing anymore, but they never showed mm. the Princess Diaries movies either. They only ever showed, like, a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff, yep. or, mm-hmm. um, uh, I thought there was, oh, like, um, Mean Girls, like, Lindsay Lohan movies, but they never showed, um, that one, which was kind of, anyway, um, so basically, (laughs) near the climax of this movie, uh, Prince, er, King Edgar finds out from Hattie that Ella 
has the curse of obedience. And during this time, Ella has not had any luck finding Lucinda. She's drunk or, like, always away somewhere. She's the most unreliable <laughs> fairy. And then when she appears, it's, like, the worst time possible. But um, she, she never could find her on her journey. So um, Prince Char basically says, oh, come back to Frel. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Frel with me. And we're going to look in the kingdom, like, the castle records to find where people live. Um, anyways, King Edgar finds out that of the curse. And he basically gets her to do his dirty work for him, saying, like, I think I wrote down the quote because it was, like, super intense. At the stroke of midnight, you will take this dagger and plunge it through Char's heart and kill him. And I order you to do it. That is intense. <laughs> like, it's dark. Really dark. Because now he doesn't have to do the dirty work and it'll be framed for her and she'll go to prison and probably get hanged back then in medieval days. And it's, like... Whoa, this is, like, a huge risk for her. So, first of all, her plan is, like, super smart. Do you want to talk about her plan? Do you remember it? I know you didn't rewatch oh, it. Oh, yes. Okay, so is this where she just, like, like chains herself yeah. to the tree so she, and is like, I'm just going to wait until after midnight? Yeah, so she writes a letter to Char basically breaking up with him, which I always think is a really smart idea to do because basically even if she isn't in the place where she has to do something or where the act has to be done, the spell will kind of, like, push her to that area. Yeah. Like, it's like yeah. she killed to not get away, even if she's, like, in, a, in her house or, you know, with Slandon or whatever. Anyways, yeah. That's a good plan. <laughs> she ties herself, or Slandon ties her to a tree, and then basically Lucinda happens to appear in the forest where she's Idiot. tied. <laughs> and she basically, without listening, um, oh, and also, I forgot to mention, but Edgar also um, tells her that she's not allowed to tell anybody. So, you know, her Baxterton's and she's not allowed to yeah. tell anybody. Anyways, Lucinda unchains her because she's like, you're so beautiful. You should be at the ball. And Anne Hathaway's basically, or Ella's basically like, take back the curse. And she's like, you're ungrateful. <laughs> like, anyway, she, uh, I love the dress she's, she puts Ella in. I, I think it's a oh, yeah, gorgeous, it's gorgeous dress. Um, very similar to the one she wears in um, Prince Diaries. But, yeah, I mean, do you want to, like, take the rest of the end? <laughs> oh, well, um, yeah, so then she, she does make it back to the ball before midnight. And, of course, Prince Char, like, takes her somewhere secluded to be like, I love you, and she's freaking out. <laughs> and I will say, I think there's, like, it's, I think it's really interesting because I don't remember the exact wording, but I know mm. when, she, when she's begging Lucinda to take the curse off of her, Lucinda says something to Ella along the lines of, like, you, you can get rid of it or you, yourself if you don't mm. want it, or, like, you don't need me to right. get rid of it for you. I don't remember the exact wording, but it's something along yeah. the lines of, like, yeah, of that, of, like, and then you she's get like, rid of it without me. Don't blame me for, these pro for your problems. Did I tie your ass up to this tree or something like that? <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and she's, yeah, she's terrible. <laughs> he takes her to the House of Mirrors, um, which is inserted somewhere in the castle because he wants to propose to her. And all mm. of a sudden, like, she's crying and she, he's, like, thinking that she's denying to marry him. And all of a sudden, I always love how, like, a knife just appears in her hand or, like, the dagger. <laughs> it's yeah, just, it's it's just like, appears oh, God. <laughs> and um, she's, like, about to literally stab him in the back. And he kind of sees this because it's the house of mirrors 
And um, she's just having all these flashbacks while the dagger's in her hand of, like, all the people that are mean to her or telling her to do something she didn't want to do. And then her final flashback, I think, is of her mother talking about how strong she is on her deathbed um, to mm. Ella. And then she basically says something along the lines like, I'm no longer obedient, and, like, screaming it. <laughs> and well, Hathaway does it better than me. <laughs> is it a little bit silly? Yes. Yeah. Do I think it's still a good moment? Yeah, she, she does pulls it, it. off because she's, like, like, crying. So I think, it's, I think it's a little bit silly, but I also like that she is able to get rid of the curse herself. I think that yeah. was a good angle. And obviously it wasn't too silly because, like, you had to skip it when you were a kid. So maybe for kids it's it's really intense. Yeah, it's scary. (laughs) Exactly. Um, The knife, like, plunges to the ground. Edgar comes out saying, guards, you know, she just tried to kill my nephew. And then she's taken away to the dungeon. Um, Yeah, real sad. That's how it ends. (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah. that's it. That's the movie. No. <laughs> I will say, I think the part of this movie, this is like jumping to the very, very end. Um, I think the part of this movie that holds up the least well is the wedding scene with Don't Go Break in My Heart. <laughs> I love it, though. It's, it's my favorite. I, I think it's hilarious, but I think it's the part of the movie that holds up the least well for two reasons, and those reasons are, number one, when Anne Hathaway rips her wedding dress into the, like, tiny little, like, go-go boot skirt, I think it's ridiculous. No, seriously, that'll be my wedding dress. (laughs) That song, it goes on for so long, and I remember when I showed this movie to Hannah for the first time, like, she was watching it for the first time at, like, 21 years old, so she didn't like it, which is fair, but she, you know, she's an adult, Um, but I remember (laughs) we kept making jokes about how the way, the song goes on for so long and it has like three key changes, but the way that they do the key changes, it's like, don't go breaking my, don't go breaking my heart, don't go breaking my, like it's so yeah. bad, it's so poorly done, and it's so silly. That's also the part of the movie that feels the most Shrek. Yes. Oh honey, if I get restless, baby, you're not yeah. that kind. It's, like, it's so silly. is the part that ages the worst because it's like oh like it's like the whole movie you're like oh haha it's like kind of 2000s fashion but it's also medieval then you get to that part and you're like okay this movie was made in 2004 it also like comes out of nowhere it comes out of nowhere children's movies and i mean children's movies still do this i don't know when children's movies started ending with group musical numbers. I love it. <laughs> one, one movie did that once, and now every children's movie that's ever been made ends with a group musical number, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just that sometimes the endings are bad. Yeah. I'm not saying this is a bad ending. I just think it's absolutely foolish. Well, it's funny because like you're over that whole climax, and also, I don't understand why Edgar doesn't die, but he doesn't die. He also comes in on the song. Yeah, somehow he's alive, because sure. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, even though he was literally poisoned. Okay, so I should probably say that uh, once Edgar finds out that, you know, what's his name, Char is not dead by Ella, he, like, has to figure out another way to kill him, so he puts poison on the crown, because the coronation is tomorrow, of course. And of course. when Ella, like, storms the castle with all her amazing non-stereotypical friends 
she's like, also, can we just talk about how Heidi Klum is a giant in this? Is that Heidi Klum? Is that yeah. why I recognized her? Yeah, oh I know. God, I, did I didn't recognize it either. But I, was, I looked at the cast and I was like, who was Heidi Klum in this? And it was like the giant. Anyway, Slandon is in love with the giant. The elf is in love with the giant, which is, you know, uh, take it as you will. Silly. But it's fun. <laughs> so the, they're all storming the castle and being like, she's like, drop that crown. And then Edgar stupidly is like telling everybody his whole plan of how he like killed Char's father and like he's admitting it all and he was like basically like from Scooby-Doo like if it weren't for you meddling kids kind of <laughs> kind of like statement you know and you then he fool, literally monologuing. Yeah, yeah he literally puts the crown on his head after like the royal ninjas are like coming in on everybody but he literally puts the crown on his head and he forgets that it's been poisoned and then we're like see the also just before we get to the silly scene um, we see Hattie running over to Ella because she wants Char for herself. She was, like, the head of the fan club, if I hadn't mentioned that. I think I did. But, um, oh, she yeah, yeah, basically yeah. says to her along the lines of something like, because she doesn't know the curse is broken, she basically says, you are never allowed to kiss Char or, like, be with him again. And then I love, this was always my favorite as a kid because... She literally, Ella literally walks over to Hattie and she's like, you want to bet? And then she grabs the necklace that she, uh, Hattie took, which was her mother's. Um, and it's just such a powerful scene to me. And it is funny that like it didn't end with like their wedding scene because their wedding scene seems so like medieval time and like classy princessy. And like she has her hair in her bun and she has this gorgeous like wedding dress and they're kissing and then he says some sort of speech and I think he actually mentions somewhere in his speech that um, he's made the kingdom equal again. So it's basically telling us that, um, yeah, to a nation of equals, he says. So it's basically telling us that, you know, the ogres and the giants and the elves don't have to do all that awful labor work anymore. And then all of a sudden, like you said, it just breaks into that. Long story short, don't go breaking my heart song, <laughs> which is like, I guess, like, I don't know. I never thought of it in a negative light. I always thought it was really funny because I loved singing along. But now that you're talking about the key changes, it is very 90s. And it's very obvious that they are lip syncing as well. <laughs> but also, that seems like such a handy wedding dress to have because who wants to, like, be dancing in a long gown? I don't know. I might still use that as my plan one day. <laughs> Yay! But yeah, I <laughs> for as silly as the ending is, especially with like the like night ninjas or whatever they are, I you know I think it wraps up well overall. I also this is like a really really weird side tangent um, that I'll keep really short, but I think it's really interesting to watch um, movies. From the early two, like children's movies from the early two mm thousands -hmm. or before, when they were allowed to say "die," because I don't remember when it was. This might even still be a thing now, but they like don't say "die" or "kill" in children's movies anymore. Oh, it's really? Always like I will, yeah. It's I. I don't remember where I read about this, but there's like this really interesting thing about how, like, if you watch children's movies from. Uh, I'll look it up and I'll send it to you, but like more mm. recent children's movies, it's never I'm going to kill you or they died. It's always they 
perished. I'm going to end you. I'm going to stop ah. you. I'm like it. There's all this like work around language that isn't directly like you are going to die. I'm going to kill you. Anyways, I think it's interesting. That surprises me because I find kids' movies now to be way more violent. And, like, I wouldn't be able to watch the kids' movies that are kids' movies when I was a kid. Like, literally three-year-olds watch, like, the Winter Soldier movies and, like, Marvel films. And it's like, how the heck do they watch watch that? Like, I can't even watch that now. It's so freaking violent. But anyway, kids (laughs) do. So I don't think they will mind if there's the word kill, quite honestly. Because they know what killing is through marvel films at like two years old but yeah anyway that's interesting um i was also wondering while i was watching some of this again how when did it become a thing where there was like you know like this movie i wouldn't say is like just a kid's movie because it's also like i think teenagers would have liked it when it came out i mean maybe oh yeah but i'm just trying to think like when did that start like when were there movies that were not just for kids but, and not just for adults, but, like, for parents to enjoy with their kids and for teenagers to enjoy. Because I was trying to think, like, was it, like, the... Because, like, the kids' movies my mom's... Because my mom loves Ella Enchanted. But, like, the movies she watched as a kid were kid movies. Like, they weren't for parents to enjoy, too. And I was just curious when it became a thing where parents could enjoy the movies as well as the kids. And I'm guessing it's, like, probably around the 90s or something. But I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, I mean, like, yeah, a lot of the the classic Disney movies, like, they were very much, you know, these are children's movies for Mm. children. Whereas, you know, nowadays... Like, there's so many... I mean, like, Pixar is a great example of children's movies that can be enjoyed by anyone. Um, And then sort of on the other end of the spectrum, there's, you know, children's movies that are bad, but that have jokes that are very much jokes for the parents watching that, like, kids won't get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Shrek really took that off as well. Yeah, Shrek was a big one. I almost wonder if, um... If, like, Aladdin yeah. would have been a movie where that kind of started in the way that, like, a lot of Robin Williams jokes as the genie kids wouldn't get. Yeah. Like, I remember watching Aladdin as a kid and being like, oh, haha, the genie's funny. And then I watch Aladdin now and I'm like, oh, I get these references. Mm-hmm. And that was totally Robin Williams on his own. I think even, like, Mrs. Doubtfire, parents could enjoy. Or, um, oh, definitely. Matilda, I think parents could enjoy that movie. And, like, um, this is just coming off my head, but, like, I don't know, The Parent Trap. I always liked that when I was a kid. I was a bit older when I watched that, though. Um, and, like, I guess all back to Princess Diaries again. <laughs> That's one that parents and kids can enjoy, and, and this one as well. I don't know if they're, are they making, like, still kind of, like, teeny kind of boppy kids movies, but are also for, like, tweens now? I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. I, Maybe it'll be the new I Cruella. Think... I don't know, but I doubt it. Well, I was going to say, it's, it's funny that you say that, because, I mean, I just watched Cruella, like, a few hours ago, and I feel like Cruella is the perfect example of what movies that... Uh, of movies in the same genre, in the sense that, like, Cruella is a movie that is clearly meant for teenagers and older but that you could take children to and there isn't anything like really messed up or gross or mm-hmm. I think the movie's rated like PG or maybe PG-13 but I think it's just rated PG so it's like you could take kids to it 
they probably wouldn't like it as much as their like 12 year old older sibling um but i think that movies nowadays that are meant for teens or older are a lot more i think they're a lot more like anti-hero stories and like you know, these stories that are a little bit darker and it's like, oh yeah, this movie's for teens because it's edgy. Mm. Well, like Hunger Games. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the Hunger Games is for teens because Katniss shoots bow and arrows and she saves her sister from monster, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas I, like, I don't know, I miss, I miss teen movies that were for all ages that were, you know, like bright and mm. colorful and silly and it's like just because... Just be, you know, just because I'm 13 doesn't mean I just want to watch The Hunger Games. Like I don't mm-hmm. know, give me, give me an Ella Enchanted type. Well, that movie. would have been me. Yeah, that would have been me for sure. Like <laughs> I didn't like the violence and stuff. But um, it is interesting you point out. Yeah, it's definitely the generation after us. I don't know what that is. If there's even a name for them yet, but um, it's definitely been like they like the anti-hero protagonists yeah. and it's really interesting that they don't want to see a hero anymore they like to see prequels they like to see um why this character has become this way they like to see um just dark things and it's just really interesting that that kind of ended with Anne Hathaway <laughs> pretty much because that yeah. <laughs> she was the one that was always the good hero um yeah I also miss how just like I was just watching some cast interviews and how even, like, with not wanting to go back again to the Princess Diaries, how, like, they just looked like young, pure, you know, like, 19, 20-year-olds, and how, like, 19, 20-year-olds now look, like, way older, or, you know, 14-year-olds or 12-year-olds look like they're 19 and 20, and I just miss that time. Like, if you've ever seen Stranger Things or Stranger Things casts, like, they look like they're 35 years old, like, especially, um... Millie Bobby Brown and it's just kind of sad that that idea of like going to a red carpet wearing like jeans and you know it does look very 2000s but at the same time they don't think so much of themselves they're like so humble you know Mm -hmm. well and also I think that like you know and for as much as you know female representation has gotten a lot better now than what it was i think that also anne hathaway's character isn't overly sexualized yeah like a lot of these like young women characters nowadays like i mean even you know there's so much controversy around how millie bobby brown has been sexualized at such a young Mm. age and i remember watching this like popped up in my youtube recommended for some reason but it was like a clip of an interview with card uh not Cara Delevingne, the other one, uh, Chloe Grace oh, Moretz. Yeah, yeah. Chloe Grace Moretz. Sorry, I don't know why I think they're similar. <laughs> but um, it was an interview with Chloe Grace Moretz talking about how when she was like 15, she was in a movie and the director wanted her to like put things in her bra to make her boobs look bigger. Oh my God. And she walked off set because she was 15 and she was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but I think, yeah, it's like, there's so much sexualization for despite all these like quote-unquote feminist characters that are being written nowadays there's also so much sexualization of people like Lily Grace Moretz and Millie Bobby Brown and Cara Delevingne when she was underage Mm. and you know Anne Hathaway like her she wasn't made out to be this like you know super sexualized like it was never you know obviously Anne Hathaway is a very beautiful person but Ella's character was never Mm -hmm. about her being this like gorgeous sexualized character and like you know low-cut tops and short skirts or whatever like no she that was never her main yeah thing yeah actually none of the women in that movie 
uh, in Ella Enchanted are sexualized. <laughs> Definitely not the stepsisters. But yeah, yeah they're not. It's interesting because <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown really promotes herself to look that way as well, which is really interesting because I'm not f- t- so familiar with um, Chloe Grace Moretz's work. Although, I, I, what happened to her, though? I feel like she hasn't really done anything for a while. Yeah, she hasn't done stuff in a while. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's interesting because... Um, I've never been a fan of either of them or really Cara Delevingne as well. But funny that, like, let's say when Anne Hathaway, she was born in 1982, so when she was in Princess Diaries, she probably would have been around our age, whereas Millie Bobby Brown would have found fame when she was 12 years old or, you know, like, it's it's so different. I think there's a huge difference, like Lindsay Lohan, being 16, playing a 16-year-old, but looking like you're 30... Or being 19, yeah. playing a 16-year-old, and you look like you're yeah. 19. I, I, I think that has a huge difference as well. Just when you become a star. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's really interesting. And I think it's really comparable to, like you said, like it's funny that we talk about Millie Bobby Brown and Anne Hathaway, where you know Anne Hathaway is the star of Ella Enchanted and Millie Bobby Brown was the star of Enola Holmes, which is a female mm. character who was not written as well as she could have been. Yeah, no. <laughs> and in the end, she ended up with a guy, so take it as you will. But yeah, yeah, in Enola Holmes. But yeah, it just was super like, she was in this women's movement and it was like, oh my God, just give me a good adventure story without having to do this, please. Also, yeah. like, she would, it would like, in the middle of conversation, she would look at the camera and, like, talk to you. That's the most annoying thing. Like, if you're not in the office, please don't do that. Like, I, I just, I find that really irritating when people are like, I'm as cool as John Krasinski. Watch my face. Like, no. <laughs> Sorry. Can't pull it off, 15-year-old. You are not Yeah. Steve Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a couple of facts before we move on to the... The Last Judgment of Ella Enchanted, but there wasn't any, like, juicy casting what-ifs or, like, any juicy stuff that happened, (laughs) sadly. Although, um, this movie was produced by the Weinstein Brothers, uh, as well as... Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, that's interesting, right? As well as, I just saw here, as well as um, Becoming Jane, that when she plays Jane Austen, but... Ah, too bad. They did produce good films, though, but (laughs) anyway. Um, (laughs) so this movie was filmed entirely in Ireland which is really interesting oh wow I had no idea yeah I mean it could have I feel like it could have just been done in like any studio place but it was filmed in Ireland yeah wow <laughs> which, yeah I don't really notice it in this because there is a lot of you know special effects going on but it's kind of cool that they did something different um a lot of the people in this movie have Irish accents like Slandon and um, I think Ella's dad and stuff but uh, also this is funny since I just thought she was lip syncing but Anne Hathaway is singing in this movie she does sing Somebody to Love and uh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart but I don't feel like that's her voice in Don't Go Breaking My Heart I I don't know know I think it's just so (laughs) auto-tuned because just out of yeah i'm used to the only other time i think i've ever heard Anne hathaway sing is in les mis where for that movie's faults uh of which there are many she's definitely not auto-tuned in les mis like that's you know that's Anne hathaway's voice Mm -hmm. but i think that in ella enchanted she's like auto-tuned a lot and i think that's why it sounds so weird like i remember watching it with uh with hannah and i was like 
oh wow this is <laughs> she sounds like yeah. you know at the beginning of the live action beauty and the beast and you can tell that emma watson's been really uh, out of tune it's like got that vibe oh my god <laughs> it's the idea that everybody can sing all of a sudden yeah yeah every and person I mean, well, every I, child star honestly i think it's an it's it's kind of not that like i still like the musical numbers in Ella enchanted i think they're fun but i think it's annoying that they auto-tuned anne hathaway because like anne hathaway is not a bad singer like i thought she did a pretty good job in les mis like you know she yeah. won an oscar for it for a reason like and you don't have like you know maybe you had to auto-tune emma watson i've never heard her sing before but like you don't have to auto-tune anne hathaway like she can sing fine <laughs> Yeah, you're right. She has a really good voice and, and um, yeah, she doesn't sing in too many movies, but I definitely like how her voice was in Les Mis. I also never could get through that movie because I just found it really depressing. <laughs> That's fair. It's <laughs> so, also really long. I got up to her point, so I definitely did watch all of her in Les Mis. But, um, yeah, it is interesting that she hasn't been offered more roles where she could just sing, like, comedically as well, which would be really fun if she ever did that. I mean... Um, she doesn't do it in Get Smart or any any other, you know, comedic role that she's in. I forgot um, she was in Get Smart. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie. Yes, I haven't seen it either for a while, but I don't know if it holds up still as well. Um, anyways, I've seen her in, I think she's one of the most, her and Amy Adams, like, I've, I've seen them in the most movies, probably. Because they've yeah. been in so many movies from the 2000s that I grew up with. Uh, anyways, the budget for this movie was... 31 million, which I thought was a lot for this movie. Wow, that's a lot of but money. I, I mean, honestly, guess it's probably... because of all the special effects, yeah. I was going to say, it's, like, probably not that much for a movie compared to, like, how much they spend on movies nowadays, but... <laughs> yeah, very true. So this movie opened on April 9th, 2004. So we've just passed the 17-year. Um, and it ended up earning wow. just over 27 a million dollars which so they didn't oh, wow. get as much now that i think about it if their the movie cost 31 million they didn't get back their the money they spent oh no did the movie lose money i think so oh no <laughs> but don't take that and then not want to watch it people it's a good movie <laughs> yeah no that's that's like not the i don't think that's the movie's fault no that's not the movie's fault i wonder what the the appeal because like if people loved Princess Bride, they would have maybe maybe they were disappointed that Carrie Elwes didn't look like as you wish guy anymore. I guess that's probably what happened. It's his fault. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's all his fault for sure. The Hall of Mirrors scene where um, she has the dagger and he wants to propose to her was apparently the hardest scene to film because of all the angles. And now that I think about it, they kind of copied that with like the secret garden scene in um, the Cinderella 2015 version where, like, he's pushing her on a swing. Because I kind of copied that, like, secret oh, area yeah. in the castle, but I just thought of it now. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, the glass slippers that Ella steals um, in the market are actually made out of real glass. There were two pairs, but Anne unfortunately broke them both. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, funny because no. she always admits on interviews like how she actually is like Mia Thermopolis like super clumsy and stuff so I think that's kind of funny um that's really funny and the last fact I have is um the name Char which is the prince's name actually means cinder so when you combine cinder and Ella oh, I don't think I need to say it but you funny. guessed it <laughs> 
Cinderella. Wow, I never made that connection. <laughs> it's kind of cheesy, but the movie's cheesy. Also, if yes, you've been wondering and like very confused right now, Minnie Driver does turn her boyfriend back into a person because I bet you were wanting me to say that. But <laughs> yeah, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. He, she first turns him into a pumpkin and then she turns him another ode, but then she turns him into the human again. And they all do their dance together at the end. <laughs> yeah, and it's great. <laughs> um, okay, so do you have anything left you want to say, or should we move to the final judgment? Oh, let's do the final judgment. Okay, did uh, Ellie Enchanted move you or not? It did. I mean, I have such fond memories of watching it from when I was younger. I just think that it is silly and fun, and it's a really good, like, light-hearted movie to put on if you're looking for something that's just it's just silly yeah it's just nice to watch it's also such a fun movie to watch when the world is literally in upheaval <laughs> yeah but yeah of course it moved me i mean of course it did who doesn't like anne hathaway i mean i don't have that many followers on instagram but i did do a poll and everybody said that voted said they loved her, so I was very curious because she's one of those people that I consider underrated, even though she's an Oscar winner, but she's just has such great screen appeal, she's really comedic and fun, um, she's just pure and normal looking, she's someone I could always relate to when I was a kid watching her in movies, and I always love this adaption the best because Cinderella is strong, and she has her own willpower. Um, she likes to do the things that she wants to do. She's, like you said, an activist. She's a feminist. Um, but she doesn't have to, like, say she's that. And and I love how she always liked the ones, like, the characters that were different. Like her best friend. Like her, you know, elf friend Slandon. Um, she always kind of was connected to those people, and I really admired that as well, that she wasn't a follower. And I just, I love, there's just the story. It's really fun, and how she just goes on this journey, on her own as well at first, and just wants to do this and set this curse right, and she's the one that's going to make it happen. And then in the end, she does, which is super cool. I don't know how that worked. But <laughs> super cool that it ended up working that way where she could do it herself. Because it would have been really boring if the fairy godmother had just changed the curse for her. So I'm glad it ended that way. Love the costumes. I thought she had great chemistry with um, Prince Char. And yeah, I just thought Prince Edgar, or King Edgar's really oh, yeah. funny. <laughs> if you get over the fact that he was as he's you wish guy. Um, he's just really funny in this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I definitely recommend this movie. This was definitely my favorite one to talk about for this theme. And, um, yeah, love Anne Hathaway. If you're listening, Anne Hathaway, you're a huge <laughs> fan. <laughs> huge fan. <laughs> it's an insult to think that she'd be, like, spending her time watching this, but maybe. Yeah, you listening. never know. <laughs> um, I don't know any podcasts about Ella Enchanted, so this could be the first one. Exactly. There's exactly. also... We never know. There's only two on Annie as well, mine and one others, so, you know. Really? They have Annie with the Cameron Diaz version, but Ooh. not with the 82 version, which is surprising. So, maybe Carol Burnett and Tim Curry listened to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Anyways, um, I want to thank you all for listening, and I hope you check out Elle Enchanted. I watched it on DVD, but I think it might be... 
It's probably not on Disney Plus because it's not a Disney movie, but I think I saw somewhere that it's on Amazon Prime. So if y'all oh, want to check I, that I out. I didn't know that. I think I, yeah. oh, I think I watched it. Um, Wait, actually, hold on. I need to fact check something real quick. I know I watched it on YouTube. Did I pay for it on YouTube or is it on YouTube for free? I probably paid for it on YouTube. Oh, I guess but you could watch check. it on YouTube too. I always forget that you can watch movies on there now. Me too. <laughs> if you have the DVD, don't look at the special features because then you'll feel really old. <laughs> There's oh literally like a game you can play. <laughs> yes, okay. The full movie is on YouTube for free. That's how I watched oh, it Oh, whoa, really? And it's yeah. not blurry or anything? It's, I'm pretty sure that this is just like, yeah, the version. Yeah, no, it's like, it's totally normal. Wow, that's and awesome. And it's the whole movie. It's just on YouTube for free. See, now anyone that's listening has no excuse because you won't even have to pay money for it. You can just watch exactly. it for free. <laughs> you can just watch it on YouTube. And I promise you won't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Christine, I want to thank you for coming back for this theme. Thank you for having me. Of course, I'm glad we finally shared like the love for this movie because I don't remember us like knowing we watched this like as a kid. Like I don't remember talking about this movie when we were kids, so I'm really glad that we know that we like it now <laughs> oh yeah no it definitely wasn't a movie we like talked about frequently <laughs> when no. we were younger even though we both really liked it <laughs> i probably was like embarrassed about liking it in that <laughs> gross phase that people get when they're like 11 to 14 it's not a nice phase but anyway <laughs> and but i want to caring what people think about you i literally uh, can't anymore <laughs> yeah be like ella yeah yeah i know yeah, it's definitely gotten better for me, but it still will be there. So that's why you got to be like Ella and follow your heart and have, like, good tongue-in-cheek comebacks to the nasty people in your life. Amen. <laughs> Get them some poison ivy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I want to thank you all for listening and checking out this theme. I think we'll have a couple more movies in this theme we're going to do, and... Um, and then we'll be done. And the reason we're not doing The Princess Bride, even though I do love that movie, is because I don't consider it underrated. Oh, if, no, everybody loves that yeah, movie. Yeah, if there's someone on here that's like, it's so underrated, I'm sorry, but it's not. So we would have done <laughs> two Carrie El- Elwes movies, but, um, yeah, it's not underrated at all. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, don't forget to click the subscribe button. And if you have any underrated films, preferably any, like, fairy tale ones that you might know, um yeah send me an email to emma reviews movies at gmail.com and uh yeah send me some movies maybe that you like of anne hathaway that we might have not have mentioned thank you for listening